In this episode, I, Jenny Ray, have an interview session with Mike Ford, an advanced degree candidate who's interested in going to Bain. We did the case Bain style, and we ran it for the standard amount of time, which would have been about 30 minutes. Afterwards, I provided detailed feedback where we looked at Mike's notes and had some insights about how he could specifically do better. Overall, it was a great performance with a lot of engagement from the audience, and we're excited to share it with you. Awesome, Mike. Great to meet you. Excited to walk through this case with you today. Before we dive in, I just want to let you know that I'll take a look at your notes afterwards and I'll give you some feedback. Do you have any questions before we get started? Uh, No, I believe I'm ready. Amazing. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. So uh, the title of this case is a company called Needle Meter. And so let me walk through the case with you. Our client, a company called Needle Meter, manufactures and sells blood draw needles to laboratories at a price of $2 per needle. Their primary market is in the United States. They are the leading firm in this 200 million unit sales industry with 70% market share. There's only one other competitor. Federal healthcare regulations will decrease the industry size by 5% next year because they are mandating a decrease in frequency of blood draws for chronic patients. Our client, however, is interested in maintaining its profit to fund other projects. What options does our client have? And specifically, are any of these options appealing? Do you have any questions about the background? Let me just uh, make sure I, I understood that correctly. Uh, it seems that our client um, manufactures needles and sells uh, 70% of the needles in the 200 million unit market. They're selling them at uh, $2 a needle. Uh, there's only a single competitor. However, we are seeing a shrinking market uh, through healthcare regulation. Uh, we're seeing a 5% decrease in the next year. And uh, what we would like to do is to maintain our profit um, and then well, we, we will think about how, how to do so. Um, I, I do have a couple of questions. Uh, the first one is on uh, some more on the healthcare regulation. Um, are we expecting anything else beyond the first year uh, or can we, can we time this to this one year period? At this point, we don't have any further information about it. So you draw whatever conclusions you think are important to develop a robust strategy. All right, that seems good. Uh, and then uh, I have another uh, question about uh, distribution and marketing. Uh, how how do we do? Uh, how do we how do we market our product our product to these labs? Awesome. So uh, I don't have a ton of information about it right now, but usually mm-hmm. the way that these products work is that we have direct relationships with larger organizations mm-hmm. and then we use uh, distributorships for smaller organizations. So with only two players in the market, we probably have a dual prong strategy. Mm-hmm. All right. That seems good. And then, um, just sort of a basic level question on the competitor. Are they, strong? Are they able to uh, like take this hit or uh, will it be a tooth and nail fight to, to absorb this 5% decrease? I'd be curious about your thoughts about what would make them strong and able to take the hit. Mm. Sure. Um, I would say that if they are particularly um, cost competitive uh, compared to our product, then they would be able to, let's say, cut prices in a way that we uh, will not be able to do as far 
and thereby they can take the decrease while we uh, cannot while maintaining profitability. Good. Anything else? Mm. Uh, perhaps if they are also focusing on large buyers, if they can maintain their relationships or extend their relationship with these large buyers, that will uh, push us out. So that might be something to, to focus on on our side. I'm just going to uh, make a quick mark of, of that. Okay. Sounds good. I don't have any data for you now, but those might be worthwhile things to explore inside the case. Um, well, would you give me a moment while I uh, structure my thinking around this? Absolutely. Go for it. Thank you. All right, uh, Jenny Ray, I have a, a, a rough structure here. I'll hold it up very clumsily to the, uh, to the screen. You can sort of see what I'm doing over here, but I'll talk you through Wonderful. it. I think Sounds good. Clear. Uh, the place that I would like to start is our internal profit. Then I would like to look at this one competitor that we have. And finally, from there, I would like us to look at some strategies that we can use to go forward. On our internal profit side, I would look, like to look at revenue and costs. And within that, uh, on the revenue side, the price, uh, we said that it's $2, but we can look at some flexibility in that price. On the volume, we know that there's a market drop of 5%, uh, but perhaps we can see uh, how that might play out uh, either by, by customer segment. You said that there are large buyers and small buyers, so there could be uh, a difference in, in the volume uh, change there, or perhaps by geography, if that is a more sensible way of going about it. Over to the cost side, I would like to look at fixed costs as well as variable costs. And I'm imagining fixed costs there being uh, rent, labor, uh, any regulatory fees. Uh, it sounds like we have these factories that we have to keep up and so on. Uh, and then on the variable side, uh, I imagine that it's predominantly uh, production and then distribution. Over to the competitor, I, uh, as I mentioned, I would like to look at the cost based uh, that they have to see how, uh, how well they would be able to enter a price war. And then uh, secondly, to look at their customer relations. Perhaps they have some weak customers that we can enter and then we, we start, uh, that, that, that might be a strategy. Then over to our strategies, I have them blocked in a revenue strategy and cost strategies uh, the, under revenue pricing strategies. So do we uh, increase prices to, uh, to make up for this loss and maintain profit? Uh, or do we, do we try to boost volume uh, through these various methods and keep the price uh, the same and push the decrease in volume off our competitor? Uh, and then the other option is that we will be facing a, uh, let's say we have to take the, the 5% uh, hit on revenue due to the decrease in volume. We could cut uh, costs by a similar amount and that would lead us to maintaining profitability, but having lower uh, revenue and lower costs uh, nonetheless. So can we start at uh, the company revenues? And I think that would give me a, uh, a good idea of how it is that we go about selling these needles. Um, yeah. So let's start with, uh, with price flexibility. Mike, before that, can I just ask you, um, what do you think their primary lever is that they're gonna pull here to respond? I'm torn between pricing and uh, cost cutting. Okay. So, and that'll, that'll emerge as we see uh, where the, uh, where the most efficient things are. Um, with pricing, I do imagine that there might be regulatory concerns with that. So uh, if I had to make an uh, hypothesis right now, uh, cost cutting might be the best way to go. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So um, you, you said you wanted to look at revenue first. What in particular did you want to look at? Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Uh, the first thing that I would like to look at is price flexibility, uh, whether we can increase the price um, and what the fallout would be from that. Okay, great. Um, well, tell me first what you think the fallout could be. The first one is a, uh, a drop in demand that if we increase the price and our competitors sell a similar product at a lower price, everybody will simply swarm uh, to them. The okay. other, uh, as I mentioned, would be a regulation if, uh, if the healthcare regulation prevents us from selling at more than $2 a needle, then we simply can't do it. Um, yes. Okay. So uh, um, you're only interested in raising price, not cutting price, eh? Mm. Uh, I, not at this point. Uh, I, I can see what that, th how that would benefit. If we lower the price, we uh, can capture more market share. But since the pie is shrinking, uh, I would not, that wouldn't be my first instinct going forward. Okay. Well, our client has a different instinct and it will be your job right. to advise them on whether that's a good one or not. Um, right. Our client is interested in actually uh, considering cutting prices okay. and uh, in fact, trying to take share from the competitor mm -hmm. in the process. So our total cost for the client is $1.20 per needle. Right. Our competitor outsources manufacturing um, for a total cost of $1.40 per needle. So what I want you to figure out is what the client's current profit is and should the client lower its price to engage in a price war and drive the uh, other competitor out of business at least partially or totally. Okay, that seems good. Uh, I just have a quick question. You said sure. that they outsource the manufacturer of the needles. What do they do in-house? The competitor? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I just know that they outsource the manufacturing, probably sales, distribution, et cetera, but I don't know. Mm. Okay. All right. That seems good. Uh, all right. Give me a moment and then I can work out the, uh, the revenue. Um, I'll actually, let me, let me talk you through it instead. Okay. All right. So the, we have $2 per needle and then we have 2 million needles, uh, sorry, 200 million needles per year uh, of which we have uh, 70%. Um, however, just, I can take a little shortcut here. I can, uh, cut the, the revenue. I can just make or subtract the cost from that. And then I can say that we make, uh, 80 cents per needle, which I will then multiply by the total market and the market share. So we have, uh, 80 cents, um, times, uh, 200 million is, uh, 160 million of which we capture 70%, uh, which is, give me a moment on that. Um, uh, $112 million. Uh, does that seem about in the right ballpark? Seems right to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, excellent. So that is uh, where we are at in profit. That is uh, quite robust. Um, considering that this is uh, all that we're doing. Uh, then it, if we want to maintain this, uh, I would like to look at the, the price uh, or the price flexibility. How much more market share will we capture if we decrease prices? So uh, what do you think? What do, you, what do we want? Uh, one way to go about it is to uh, capture or to, to obliterate the, the competitor by lowering our prices to their cost. That would be one strategy. And then we capture 
the entire market, but we only um, make the difference between their price and our price, uh, which is uh, 20 cents uh, per dollar, um, but at 100% of the market share. Uh, I can go ahead and calculate that to see if that's Let's it. Let's do it. Okay, excellent. So if we lower our price to $1.40, um, that means we make 20 cents uh, per sale, um, and but we capture 100% of the market. Uh, so that would mean that we make 20 million dollars uh, per year. Now that is a lot less than the profit we have been making. Uh, Just walk me, walk me through that methodology one more time. Mm. All right, I'm taking the cost that we'll be lowering it to, to uh, $1.40 per needle, uh, the, the price, then the cost is still $1.20 and now we're making profit of uh, 20 cents on, uh, per sale. And we multiply that by the full market, which is 200 million, not 100 million, which I used. And that leaves Is it 200 million now? Mm. The full market is still 200 million, isn't it? It is, but where is it going? Mm. Oh, it's going down. It's going down. All right. So it's going 5% down. Of course, uh, that, uh, that's the, the problem right there. Um, all right, I can just take that off the profit as well. So 5% uh, of the 40 million uh, is 2 million off. So that leaves us with 38 uh, million uh, that we have left at the end of this. Um, okay. That is considerably less than our current profit. It's, it's about a third of what, what we have at the moment. So I do not imagine that our client will be pleased with that. Uh, I would like to consider next if we can squeeze uh, the market in some way. Maybe there's... Uh, there's an efficient way of uh, riding on the supply demand curve uh, that we don't cut the price uh, that much that we can still make a profit, but still capture market share from our competitor. Okay. But before we go into more data, I have a question for you. Sure. The competitor has another division mm -hmm. and the other division comprises 75% of the competitor's revenues. Okay. The other division manufactures a specialty chemical that is sold to mm -hmm. laboratories to analyze urine samples. Mm -hmm. So just as a um, very low tech illustrative example, uh, it's a powder that changes color when uh, used in drug testing or high glucose levels, um, et cetera. Okay. So the, that division is very highly dependent on the laboratory relationships that are built through the needle business. I see. How does that change what our strategy and the future might look like for the industry? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what I would expect from the competitor is to uh, perhaps lower their price uh, below profitability in order to maintain the relationship with the labs so that they can continue fueling the, the, uh, the chemicals business. Um, so something to look at there would be how profitable is the, special, uh, the speciality chemicals, the urine testing um, materials, uh, to see how much of a hit can they take on, or how, uh, how much of a, of a loss do they want to take to continue selling these chemicals, to continue having these relationships. Okay, absolutely. Anything else that you'd want to think about? Uh, I imagine they'll be fighting tooth and nail not to lose that 75% of their business alongside the 25% that we're squeezing. Um, there is, however, an opportunity for us that perhaps if we move into that market, uh, then we can use our 100% uh, market share 
to get these uh, chemicals to more labs. So perhaps we could consider a, um, an acquisition of this company wholesale. So we take their needles and then we, we use the, um, the, the chemical business as well. Uh, an alternative would be to have some sort of partnership that they can use our needle relationships to sell their chemicals. Okay. Now, uh, you, you said that you wanted to go back to some other tactics. What were some of the other tactics that we could look at as well? Mm. All right. Uh, another option would be uh, cost-based. So we said that the cost per needle is $1.20. Uh, if, we would, if we can cut that by 5% as well, we can keep our, uh, our revenue as, as is and take the 5% hit on volume and still have the same uh, profitability. Okay. So do we have options on, on cutting costs in, in any way? Just tell me how we do it. Mm. Sure. Uh, I would like to look at, uh, well, firstly, um, let's look at variable costs first. Um, and it's also important to, to point out that since we will be selling less, um, the variable costs will drop. So let's start with variable costs. Okay. Um, how much does it cost, uh, or what are the components of uh, of this cost? Does it? Uh, what how do much you of think? The, mm. Sure. Um, I would imagine that a lot of this of the dollar uh, twenty is uh, production and manufacturing, uh, as opposed to overhead. Uh, but we, I would like to know the breakdown of that, and then in the variable costs, uh, something like um, the price of the raw materials. If we're making needles, they they're probably specialized steel that sounds like an extent an expensive part of the process um i'm not sure about what the labor costs associated with that would be or the the distribution um but perhaps we can start with the production costs uh, and the various inputs for that and see if there's a way to lower those in some uh useful way that that would help us maintain profitability Wonderful. And I have no data for you. So okay. you have to tell me um, what, what in particular you would look at for this. Sure. So as I mentioned, I think that the steel price is a relative factor. So perhaps we can look at where the commodities markets are going, or if we have sufficient uh, buyer power, we could squeeze our suppliers to uh, acquire the raw materials at a lower price. Um, what do you think about that potential? Mm. Uh, I think that's pretty good, although steel suppliers also, also they supply a lot more steel to auto manufacturers than they do to, to needle manufacturers, so perhaps that's not uh, as, as useful. But if we do increase our market share, um, and it does seem that we, have, we do use a lot of steel, so I, I would see that that is a possibility, but I also don't imagine that will bring us down the full 5% of the cost to absorb the hit on, uh, on the revenue. I think so too. Um, also, I, I'm just not sure that with the size of a needle, that the amount of steel that we'll utilize will be significant enough. Mm. Okay. Uh, that seems fine. Uh, then some other variable costs. Uh, is it expensive to, uh, to distribute these? We have good partnerships, so I imagine that distribution goes fairly rapidly or uh, is it optimized already or can we streamline the distribution process as well? Okay. Yeah, what do you think? Mm. I, 5%. Sounds, mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is a big uh, cut. That, that does seem to be a bit of a stretch. Um, 
on Mike, let me ask you this question from data Mm -hmm. that we do have. How much cost do we have to cut to keep our profit the same? If we maintain share of the market in the new world. Um, That it would be a little more than 5%. Um, to can you calculate out. it for me? Mm. I can. Um, sure. So I'm going to first calculate the, the newly imagined revenue, which is just 5%, sorry, the newly imagined profit, which is 5% uh, less than it was. So at the current state is on the, the 80 cents times 70% of the market. We make $112 million a year. Uh, and I'm subtracting 5% uh, from that. We don't necessarily uh, oh, have to no, take no, the five no. percent of the sure. profit. That's right. Right. Mm. right. Yeah, we're we're looking at the revenue uh, instead. So um, hold on. So the profit was. Oh, I have the profit already. Uh, I can just go ahead and do the revenue in the new setting. So the minus um, ninety minus five percent. Sorry. Um, and that's, so I have the dollar uh, price. The, the two dollars times the 190 that's of uh, 5% less of totally. the, the current market times the 70% um, market share. Um, and if you'll give me a moment to calculate that. For sure. All right. It seems that our new profit uh, will be 260. Sorry, our, I apologize. Our new revenue uh, would be uh, 266 million. And I'm okay. going to run through the same uh, calculation with the cost, um, the 190 uh, needles, uh, million needles times 70% times 1.0. Um, oh, actually. Remember what we're, we're calculating here is to keep our profit the same. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to restructure this, the, the um, algebraic formula. Yeah. So what we're looking for is profit uh, is uh, the, well, we have that the revenue minus the cost, and then the cost is uh, the volume times price. Oh, sorry, volume times uh, unit cost. So we have the profit at 112 uh, million, um, and the, the revenue we just calculated at 266, and then the volume uh, I had just had at, um, Hold on. The volume is 190 um, million times 70%. And that leaves us with 133 uh, million needles. Um, okay, I can now restructure the, the formula um, to I can uh, subtract uh, the profit from the revenue. Uh, and that leaves us with... 154 um, million in, in costs that we can absorb. Um, and at 133 times the price, um, I can now divide the 154 million uh, by the volume, which is 133 million. Okay. Uh, uh, this is, is, is getting- A little interesting, huh? A little, a little interesting, I would say. Yes. Uh, all right. Give me a give me a moment to to do this this okay. brief calculation. 
Uh, how exact would you like this to be? Oh, perfect, of course. No, it's oh. okay. Give, give, me a, give me a ballpark. Here, here's what I'm looking for, Mike. I'm interested in knowing how much we're talking about cutting auto costs. Okay. Mm. All right. It, it doesn't seem to be that much cost that we need to cut. Um, okay. So I have $1.2133, um, which is, I would say, around... Um, maybe Oh, so that's more than our that's more than our current cost. Does that make sense? Mm. Is it more than our current cost? No, it's it's just under our our current cost. It's about one dollar sixteen. Oh, um, there you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So one dollar sixteen. Does that seem that that really is just a tiny uh, cut in our cost? Um, I I feel that we should be able to find four cents uh, per needle somewhere. So that's about three uh, percent of the cost that we cost that we need to cut. Okay, wow. so um, so then ultimately, if it's only four cents, just going mm -hmm. back to the big picture now, right. um, and and uh, I'll just ask you one more time, where you think you would go first in the cost structure in order to find that four cents? All right, uh, the one that we haven't spoke about is the fixed cost. Uh, okay. If we can cut some some overhead costs, um, that might be. With a, with a uh, change this low, we might even be able to like, do some financial engineering to get to get over that hump. Um, but yes, let's take a look at the fixed costs. Uh, are there some uh, excesses there that we can trim down on? Okay, I'm not. I don't have any more data for you, but just wanted to see your recommendation. Okay, and so the aggregate total of the fixed costs that we have to cut is what? So what I'm I'm using the cost of 120 times the total market times 70%, um, and that gives um, 1 million um, and uh, 68. So we have to cut 1 million, or sorry, 168 million minus 154 million, uh, which is 100 and, sorry, it's, it's 14 million uh, in costs that we have to cut. Um, Again, this, this seems very much within the realm of, of the possible. Um, we can look at fixed costs. I imagine labor costs being quite uh, a lot here. Um, maybe over the years, we've seen some bloat uh, on, on the SGNA side. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, is that, that seems to be the, the salaries of a few uh, executives that we can... <laughs> uh, who, who am I pitching this to at the end? <laughs> Great. Well, at this point, okay. we're, we've run out of time. So I want to ask you to just give us a summary of what you would recommend and uh, anything else that you'd recommend us do if we had more time. Sure. Uh, please give me a moment just to organize my thoughts. No, uh, just dive this. right in. Oh, really? All right. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> right. Uh, I would recommend uh, finding some ways to cut our fixed costs. Uh, we need to absorb about $14 million in costs in order to ma maintain our profitability of $112 million per year. It does not look like pricing strategies would be as effective as cost-based strategies uh, since our competitor uh, is priced relatively close to us. I would like us to, uh, in terms of next steps, think about uh, what the competitive response would be if they would uh, change their uh, cost structure as well to uh, perhaps capture some more market share uh, and uh, the, the very next step on our part would be to look at ways to cut uh, fixed costs. 
wonderful. Okay, Mike, you can relax. <laughs> Congratulations. That was 29 minutes and 57 seconds. So you did a great job uh, from the beginning. Um, all right. So um, for, before I move to any questions, I want to provide some feedback for you. I like you. And that makes a big difference uh, in, in the case. And I hope that everyone could see that as you were going through it. You have a very upbeat, earnest approach to everything. And um, your desire to ground it in actual information was very clear throughout the case. So in a first round situation, I would have passed you uh, because I like you and I think that you could do the job. And ultimately that, you know, we, we can't ever lose sight of that as the mm -hmm. big picture. Um, however, when we're coaching people, we coach you to the second round because that's yeah. where <laughs> the decision comes in and where you either get the money and the job or you don't. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what I want to do now now is just walk you through some of my insights and some of my feedback. Sure. Um, and in order to do that, I'm actually going to share my screen and I'm going to share the scoring chart that I used and we'll provide a link to this right. afterwards so that uh, everyone can see it. And um, so uh, you, you did something dangerous and, and I'll give you kind of the, the weak spots first and then mm -hmm. we'll talk about your strengths afterwards because I sure. really think that interviews like this are meant to identify weak areas that then you mm -hmm. go back and drill in mm -hmm. order to put them back together in the bigger context of the case. And right. if you run cases all the time, especially with people that are nicer than I am, then you're probably at risk of maybe missing out on some of that. So can mm -hmm. you see my screen, Mike? Mm -hmm. I can. Okay, great. So what, what you should be able to see here is that I have the, uh, this is our method two. We have three scoring methods. This is our content scoring. And we have an expert coach. This is the kind that they'll do because they're not just looking for whether you fit it within the time or kind of checked the box in the, on the core things that should have been there, but they're also looking for the quality of the content. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I gave you some lower scores on a couple of key areas. Uh, the creative questions is the first one that I want to go to okay. because I asked you creative questions that you maybe didn't identify as creative questions, but I noticed mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. you weren't taking notes during them. You were giving me some ideas, but not necessarily listed or segmented ideas. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they ended really quickly. And you would have avoided me doing the second math problem had you been more robust in your creative questions. So there's actually a dual strategy. First of all, demonstrate you can do them more thoroughly. Second of all, make sure that you protect yourself from the horrible math beast that could come out if you finish other pieces of the case too quickly. Um, right. And so there were a couple of questions that I did ask, right? You know, um, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or like you asked me a, a question at the beginning and I pushed mm -hmm. back on your third clarifying question mm -hmm. and I was kind of diving into some of those things. Mm -hmm. um, right. and, but in those situations, if I were to give you feedback to say that you were unstructured, that would have mm -hmm. been my core problem area that I would okay. have said you seemed unstructured. And I think mm -hmm. um, a little, just a little slow down in your pace writing actively what you're mm. thinking during those creative portions and then being super detailed about um, exactly why you think what you think. So going into the second okay. level of mm -hmm. everything. I also feel like kind of in the same vein in your case and objective clarification questions, you asked me three. They were decent questions, but I dinged you on that because I felt like you didn't give me your own ideas about what should happen or what you were looking for. So you were mm -hmm. kind of asking these very open-ended questions that sure. I felt like you could have kind of answered yourself, right? Should we look further on to the future? Of course. Like, otherwise okay. I'm going to have to come back and pay you again. <laughs> um, you know, uh, what kind of distribution should we have? I mean, you don't know and I don't know, but 
tell me what you think it might be. Um, okay. I pushed back on the third one, right? Like you said, you know, do how big is our competitor or how strong is our competitor? Can they mm. weather this? You're kind of asking for new data there, but you're trying to cheat a little bit. But, okay. you know, we know that they're smaller than us. We, in this segment at least. Mm -hmm. um, and so tell me what you would be looking for there in terms of new information. Mm. But I kind of right. felt like you were on the third one in particular, just stretching for sure. information and kind of chatting through it without <laughs> being really pointed and why you wanted the information, which is a danger mm. um, issue for me. Um, the, the other thing that I just wanted to talk about was your structure. Because overall, I liked it, but there were a couple of points of feedback that I had. Your first core bucket of your structure was the whole profitability tree. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. cheating. You can't do that because that, and especially BCG will give you feedback. They'll say, no, 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 no. That's not a MISI structure. You put profitability plus anything else, it's no longer MISI. So I think there were a couple of areas inside there that you could have included and you could have even layered some of your other pieces into. Okay. Um, but I did not feel like you went sufficiently into the second level of detail in the core areas like price and quantity, which were, you know, quantity was going to get affected. Mm -hmm. So could we sell more? Probably not. You could have even just eliminated that from the beginning. Um, and then talked with me about pricing, which was one of your key hypotheses and gone mm -hmm. deeper into what we could have done there and then cost reduction and then maybe competitors on the outside. Um, right. In addition, you could have layered competitors under pricing. And, um, and right. just, you know, one hint is that if you put internal profit, um, when you're looking at that, you could just call it something different. So instead of pricing, like say pricing, but then say operations and then use all the cost things under operations. Okay. Um, but, but maybe, you know, don't lay out that pricing structure. And again, this is all second round. I told you I'd pass mm -hmm. you in the first round. That structure yeah. was a vanilla ish first mm -hmm. round structure. I wanted something more for second round. So go back and okay. rewrite that after mm -hmm. this call. Um, then let me point out some of the things I thought you did really well. I liked you at the start of the case. You were eager, excited, enthusiastic. Your recap was strong. Uh, I think you could have gone a little deeper into the context of the recap that you were adding in, but overall you got everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. You seemed like you were super with it. Um, in your grand pause, you took two minutes and 20 seconds, just a little over the two minutes, but it mm. felt natural and it felt like you did something with that time. So when you came out with your game plan, it wasn't like you'd just been sitting there for two and a half minutes and again I felt like you attacked it I liked mm -hmm. the vigor that you went after that with um so so I feel like there's a little growth there um I gave mm -hmm. you a three on the math I don't know if you felt shaky about that <laughs> um I, I gave you a three because I think your notes were messy um and you did a really good job at the beginning your first math problem was your best one that was the one where you were, you know, where, where everything felt like it was, it was beautiful and life was simple, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, did, you started without giving me a recap, then you recapped it. You started mm -hmm. diving into the numbers and you took a step back and you walked through the structure. Mm -hmm. uh, then you did a shortcut for the math by just diving right into the final piece, which became a, a nemesis for you later when I asked you to tie everything yeah. back, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, you, still, you still got there and your math was solid. You didn't make a math error. You only made structure errors in your math in that you didn't necessarily use the right things to get to the answer that I needed you to do, but you're, mm -hmm. there were like fundamentally solving errors. So I felt comfortable with your ability to do this job mathematically. And I didn't feel a hindrance for that. But as you saw in the second math question, we went to over seven minutes to answer mm -hmm. it. And that was largely reflective of, I think, note taking and a lack of structure mm -hmm. um, and not being, maybe not in your notes accommodating for 
what would happen later with math. So not kind of keeping that section with a little bit of space to be able to go mm -hmm. back and refer to it. Can you show us your notes there actually really quickly? Mm. Uh, sure. Uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, what I expected. <laughs> yeah. I, I sort of know what's going on ish. Um, yeah. Amazing. Okay, great. Well, and then, uh, you know, I felt like your case closing was strong. And I, I know you felt like you just wanted to take a deep breath, but you did a good job diving in, practice diving in. Partners don't have any attention span for that kind of nonsense, the, the whole structure yourself at the end. Mm. You know, we're done. We're almost done here. Let's just finish it off. Um, so I, I, I thought that when I corrected you on that, you went for it. You put all three elements that were there. The mm. next steps, the, the, you did make a recommendation um, and you included a little bit of your methodology. Um, it could have been a little longer. Uh, you probably had another 30 seconds to give me more of the methodology you've gone through in the case. And it's sometimes a good way to message to people like, even though my notes were messy and my process was messy, um, I, I do know what I was doing and I'm able mm -hmm. to recap it at the end. Um, All right. So I just want to congratulate you for doing a really good job and also giving us some material. Thankfully, it wasn't perfect. Uh, you gave us some material <laughs> to talk about um, in terms of coaching. So now I want to ask you first if you have any questions before I open it up to the floor. Mm. Uh, I just want to thank you for firstly the case uh, and then uh, also the feedback. Uh, I, as you mentioned, I think that my math thinking was a little all over the place and that is reflected in my raving scrawlings. Um, I, and Mike, I, just, just to correct that, Mike, um, <laughs> afterwards, go rewrite it. Okay. Uh, and then next time, give yourself, uh, your notebook is a little small, give yourself a little mm. more space, just, you okay. know, printer paper or something. Mm. And um, our, our general recommendation is put two pieces of paper out in front of you as you're beginning the case. So okay. you can see the whole thing and just have a little more mm. real estate to work mm. with. Yeah, that, that would be, that would be useful. I had a quick question about the, um, the, the structure point. You mentioned that sure. it's not quite messy. On which side does it, transgress on the me or the C side on the um, on the uh, me because you're doing profit and then levers for profit so the two of I them see. together basically like when you add anything to profit the firms are kind of like ooh, you know all of a sudden we're mm -hmm. doing something twice that we okay. should be doing once um, and so right. that's why usually uh, if you're I wouldn't recommend in a second level or a second mm -hmm. round case that you, be, that you include part of the profit structure in there. It'd be better to have other pieces there. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm looking at my structure now and there are three times that the word cost appears in three Correct. different categories. <laughs> yeah. So not me. In general, okay. the me is a more of a concern in the first place because mm -hmm. collectively exhaustive in 30 minutes is limiting. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the me makes more sense. And then I, I also just felt like at the end, you know, I pushed you on what you thought would be the most important things. I just encourage you when you're building your structures mm -hmm. to uh, take a second at the end, renumber them, and then prioritize what the core areas are. All right. Um, I just want to talk really quickly about the content of the case as a final step, if that's all right mm -hmm. with you. Um, this was a really like, um, you know, kind of interesting case because we did have the price where you were able to identify super quickly that it, the profits would go down if we price. You did recommend an increase in price, which I didn't have any data on, so we kind of couldn't talk about that, uh, which is why we went down the cost. Mm -hmm. 
um, when you see the case later, you'll notice that, that that whole second math exercise was not included in the case. I did that spontaneously with you, uh, which you. in general, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you're so grateful, right? Um, in general, is a sign of trust in the uh, interviewee when you think like, hey, let's riff a little bit and mm -hmm. see what would happen here. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that is where I really felt like you needed just to give yourself a little more breathing room. Mm -hmm. um, maybe at, at one point, take a step back and kind of reorganize your notes a little bit. Um, and then, uh, but, but then uh, the one thing that I felt like from a content perspective is that you kept coming up with ideas, but that they remained unprioritized. So here are all the costs mm. versus like, this is the cost that I think could get us there fastest. Um, right. And that in the final round is going to matter a lot because it, you know, every partner has managed the, the male or female, the, the human on their team that has been like, let's go look at 10 things. And they're like, mm. no, uh-uh. <laughs> like, I do want to go home and I, I don't want to do this all night. So let's go look at one. Which one do mm -hmm. you want to look at? So just right. that moment uh, consistently a couple times happened in the case. And, um, and in this situation, like I mentioned with the steel, right? You went after mm. steel, you went after materials. That's a normal pattern that a candidate would go after. But here, we're talking about just a little itty bitty bit of steel. So, um, you know, so what is that amount of steel times 200? Probably not even as much as a couple of cars, right? So we're probably sure. not looking at the tactics that you were going after. So that's why I recentered you on, let's figure out the, the amount of costs that we need to save and then let's sure. go mm -hmm. um, Anyhow, final questions from you. Uh, I am satisfied. Thank you. <laughs> You're terrified to say anything else. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that you couldn't see me. I was smiling throughout the case, but overall, I really did think that you did a good job. Thanks for listening to this episode with Mike Ford, the Bain style case interview walkthrough. For more interview walkthroughs and for more great content, please subscribe to our podcast. In addition, if you've got questions about this case, you can check out our case bank at managementconsulted.com or join our Black Belt program, which is our advanced interview preparation process for case interviews. In addition, if you have more great ideas for future guests on the podcast, please reach out to us, team at managementconsulted.com. Thanks again for listening.